eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Good morning. It's Monday, June 14th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I hope everybody listening had a fantastic weekend. I sure did. It was really all about the NCAA Baseball Super Regionals. Did you happen to see the crowd in Knoxville, Tennessee? Imagine what that fan base is going to do one day if Tennessee football ever returns to glory. There was also a ton of football on my Twitter timeline, like our recruiting team down in Florida for the Under Armour Future 50. Check out the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast this week for more from that. And there were also several big-time visitor weekends across college football, such as Arch Manning's trip to Texas, the 2023 QB. Checked out the Longhorns a week after he checked out Clemson. You got to think it's those two and Alabama really at the top for the best QB in the class of 2023 and and perhaps the most followed recruit in the history of recruiting. I was so inspired by all the football on my timeline that I drove over to Vanderbilt for the Commodores football camp. It was fun to see former 24-7 sports co-worker colleague Barton Simmons jogging around from station to station and running the show as he does now for Vanderbilt football's recruiting and roster operation. Today on the podcast, we're going to bring on 24-7 sports national analyst Bud Elliott to talk about his annual blue chip ratio study, which is going live today on 247sports.com. Blue chip ratio, what is it? Bud analyzes college football's rosters, the top rosters, to see which teams are made up of at least 50% blue chips, i.e. four and five-star recruits, with that 50% threshold being the cutoff, he believes, and the data shows, to actually win a national championship. So basically, are you talented enough to win one? If you're a team like North Carolina, the answer might surprise you. And the top of the college football hierarchy is accurately reflected here. Alabama has a roster comprised of 84% blue chips. And just to note, when we were recording a few days ago, we had the number of Alabama's blue chip at 85, but a second once over of the data nudged it down to 84. Same difference, best ever. And the tighter followed by Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson. But joins us right now to talk about his takeaways from blue chip ratio, which teams fell out, and which joined the 50% club, how transfers will one day soon be incorporated here, and what a likely 12-team playoff will mean for his perfect streak. Okay, Bud Elliott joins us right now. Bud, I think anyone listening to this episode probably knows what the blue chip ratio is, and and I've explained it in the introduction, and, and your article online at 24-7 Sports will, will do the same. Could you, could you just tell us, though, like when you hatched this idea and the undertaking, and, and it's very popular. Yeah, so uh, I was working another outlet back in, I think, 2010-ish, and I, I was playing around with it, and I was you know backfitting the data and 
trying to make sure we had quality data to work with. And I think I first published it in 2012 or 2013. Basically, the, the idea here is what is the minimum recruiting threshold you need to clear to win a national title? It's not a guarantee you'll win a national title. Hell, it's not even a guarantee that you will make the playoff or that you won't get fired. But every team that we can reliably track that has won a national title has signed more four and five star recruits than two and three star recruits over the prior cycle. So I'm just looking at the percentage of your recruits you signed in that period over those last four cycles uh, that are over 50%. You've never been stumped yet, right? Like your, your dad is, we haven't had a, a non 50% blue chip ratio team win it, obviously. Correct. We came close. Mariota almost got me. And then Sean and the first Clemson team, I think they were like 48 or 49%. And uh, he, he almost clipped me. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to claim that this will never be broken. I think eventually it will. I and mean, you, you can take a really special quarterback and a team that is on the upswing in recruiting, but just not quite there yet over the last four years. And maybe the kids they signed really recently are super special. It's it's possible that, that that the streak will end at some point, but it's a pretty reliable and very inclusive you know metric. I mean, we're we're, we're talking about sixteen teams this year. Yeah, that's among the new storylines. I would imagine it's incorporating transfers. I know that was probably just an absolute bear for you. What else was different about this year? So I I'm considering incorporating transfers in sort of like an updated edition closer to the season. I, I've, I've been playing around with it, and there's a couple things that that I find are are problematic. Number one. In many cases, we don't really have clarity on whether these players are, are walk-ons. And I only use scholarship player data for this, right? We have a lot of people in the transfer portal who are transferring from one school to another, and they get a grade, obviously, but they're not. there's not a scholarship being used on them. We know of a lot of cases where kids are, are transferring, and instead of dropping down a level, to save face, they're going to go ahead and, and go walk-on at a P5 to basically avoid embarrassment that they transferred and maybe weren't, you know, weren't quite as desirable as they thought they might have been, or maybe there's a promise of a future scholarship on the down low from a school. I think once all the transfers are, are done for the year, I am going to try to play around with it, work with our publishers even more. We know that the, de- the deadline to actually play this fall is coming up in about, what, a month-ish? So when that comes out, I do want to play with it more and just kind of do a test run with transfers. But for now, I want to focus on the true building blocks of recruiting, which is you know high school, junior college, that type of stuff. Gotcha. And when I'm looking at this Alabama 85, you're telling me that's that's the highest you've ever had. Yeah. And I mean, they, they think about all they stupid. lost. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Alabama, 85% blue chips. I mean, they've they signed like 100 kids the last four years and have 85 total blue chips in it. That's just, that's outrageous. Uh, they, were, they were also the first team ever to be above 80% a couple of years ago. They just keep climbing. Imagine how, how special you have to be to be a three-star that Alabama actually takes if you're not a kicker or a punter. Well, I was just thinking like, what? I'm surprised at this point they're even taking them. I know they are, but I, I think that trend is going to keep going up, bud. I mean, eight, I would agree. 85? Like I'm looking at last year's Alabama was number one for, for blue chip last year at 83. Georgia was number two at 82, and Ohio State was number three at 80. And it's Ohio State dropped a, dropped a point. That makes sense. Think about what they lost. but And Georgia dropped two. But these numbers are, I mean, this is silly. I'm looking at this, and I it just – it is, with the exception of maybe Texas at 66%, it's never been more clear like who's you know who's the true kings of college football. Yeah, it, it, and, and the real thing is you can have a special recruiting class. Can, can you stack four in a row or three really, really good ones and, and then you know one decent one to get on this list? And especially to get 
up top on this list. I, I think one thing I'm always interested in is people say, hey, this list should not be this big. And, and I, I understand what they're saying from that perspective uh, because what, 2013 or 2014, we had the oversigning rules pass. And just because teams no longer could sign 30 or 35 guys like old school Houston nut at Old Miss, the, the denominator is a little bit lower, right? So you're not, you're not stashing all these guys and signing and placing quite as many dudes. So a lot of the percentages shot up a little bit just back then. But we have seen teams like you know the Clemson Tigers, when they finally won it, you know, they were barely over, over the threshold. So I do think it, I mean, you'd be kind of silly to argue that being higher on this list doesn't help you. But to me, it's sort of kind of a, a minimum threshold to clear. I, I don't know that you're like exponentially more likely to win it all if you're at the very, very top of this. But I mean, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson at the top is, as somebody who does this and I don't rig it, that, <laughs> that, uh, that makes me feel pretty good. And Clemson jumped from 63% last year to 67. Texas A&M, but last year was at 50%. And the Aggies now are at 61%. I mean, wow. It's been the last two classes for them, really, right? So in, in 20, they signed, what, 26 kids and 16 were blue chips. Last year, I think it was 22 and 16. And once that, you know, once that 2018 class rotates off, they're going to probably go up even more, assuming that they sign a good class this year, which I really have no reason to expect they wouldn't. A&M has been a team that under Kevin Sumlin, they were routinely, I think if I recall, between that like 45 and 55% range. So they were always kind of right there. They're not quite the Cinderella story, but I think Jimbo Fisher's doing a good job of maximizing their resources in a way that Sumlin never really got to. So Washington, we, you know, Washington, we profiled them and gave them love last week on the development rating by Chris Hummer. And they've done, you know, from 2012 to 2016, did a good job of turning their elite recruits into NFL draft picks. This year, it's a reflection on how they've been recruiting recently, which is, I think, a little bit surprising with Jimmy Lake, renowned as a good recruiter. They've dropped below the threshold uh, to 49%. Yeah, and I I was wrong about Jimmy Lake. I, I thought he would be a better recruiter than he's been. I, I thought, okay, he might connect with kids a little better than Chris Peterson. They might do a better job, but I mean, let's be honest here, they... They really blew a major opportunity with, with with the 2020 or excuse me the 2021 recruiting class to keep all those kids in state or at least you know, some of those kids in state and what and what was kind of a kind of a historic year for the state of Washington. They weren't able to to keep many of those kids home, and I'm sure they're going to get you know OKGs are are kind of guys. But I thought Washington was going to take a little bit of a step forward, and instead uh, they they just haven't. Their their recruiting has not been dynamic. You had a feeling last year, I'm reading last year's story, that Miami was going to make a jump into uh, the, the 50% threshold. They sure did, 55%. Did you think Oregon would as well, bud? They're at 56%. I know the Ducks were not happy at all with their development rating score. And I remember last year they were upset with you too. So this should make them feel a little bit better. Yeah, uh, I, I thought Oregon was either one or two classes away. If they really hit the 2021 class out of the park, which they – pretty clearly did they could make the jump or if they just did a good job i thought it would take you know two more merely good classes uh, but they're they're a team in, in my estimation that's going to rise even higher because Trey, a, a lot a lot of this work has been pretty recent by them in 2018 they were only 11 of 23 2019 12 of 25 you know 20 they were what 10 of 22 last year they just went nuts if they just merely recruit at a you know even a little bit step back from what they did last year they're going to be a team that's going to be pushing 60 do we have any idea what, if you don't know it, that's fine. With Tennessee at 48%, I think that's better than I thought it would be. But the one that's concerning me here, 
under 50% is North Carolina at 35%. Like they've gotten a lot of love and a lot of offseason hype, but then now it started to be oh, a little uh, backlash against the hype, right? Like I'm going to zig while everyone else is zagging and, and, and say, hey, I think we're overblowing them, uh, overblowing their chances. When I look at 35%, I am a little bit bearish on, on the Tar Heels actually doing it this year. I can agree with you on that to some extent, but I will say, I think a lot of the guys who, you know, blue chip ratio is not a perfect measure. A decent number of the guys who would be holding this down, who are in those 2018 and 2019 classes are, are off the roster. The last two classes they've signed uh, have been much better. And if you look at this, the one way that teams beat me on this to the upside, now the, the way they beat them to the downside is typically injuries or attrition or coaching changes, but the way they outperform this is usually quarterback. And whether you think Sam Howell is a first rounder or like a third rounder or whatever, I think we all agree he's at least a rounder, right? That he's he's going to be an NFL quarterback. And that is easily a way that you can overcome maybe not being in the 50% club. Do I think they'll win a national title? No, but I, I read inside Carolina a lot. I follow them pretty closely. I think they have impact players across the board on the defensive line now who were a little too young last year. They have the quarterback. I'm confident they'll score points. And they're the only team, Trey, between the 47% mark and the 29% mark. Like there's not a whole lot of teams that are two classes away from making a jump here, except maybe them. Whoa. Is there anyone at the 29% mark or below that's kind of scaring you right now? It's like, no. oh, they could get me. It's all teams that were uh, that were at that mark you know, four or five years ago that, that were on the cusp. So South Carolina, when Muschamp was really recruiting well, they were in the 30s, high 30s a couple of years. Honestly, in my opinion, the early signing period has crippled Stanford's recruiting. Stanford was a blue chip ratio team, I think one year, maybe five or six years ago. Mississippi State, never going to get there. Arizona State, never going to get there. Nebraska, no shot. Old Miss at 23% is interesting, but you got to remember – they just did not bring in much talent in 2018 to 2019. And those are going to be your juniors and seniors for the Rebels roster this year. If Ole Miss is going to, going to overperform, they really have got to have their young kids play really well or somehow beat the recruiting rankings by a lot with their upperclassmen. I think that speaks – I think you saying Ole Miss is at 23% speaks to how difficult it is for an Alabama to be at 85%. And that just – I mean, that's just crazy. And now I'm imagining that Iowa State's in the teens because Ole Miss isn't like a – Massive slouch on the recruiting trail. Iowa State, to be honest, uh, just eyeballing it is not high enough to track. Yeah, I, I, they I'm got sure like two four stars. No, no, they have like yeah. two four stars. Like I started tracking Wisconsin when when they started signing multiple four stars in 2019, and they just got up to 19. percent And Wisconsin has had the best two recruiting classes in its history in back to back years, and that got them all the way to 19. percent That's crazy. But last question, we're recording this on, on the day of the reported likelihood of a playoff expanding to 12. Does that make you worried that in a few years you're going to get you're going to get stumped here on the blue chip ratio? We're going to have a, you know, a sub 50 percent team make it and go on a little Cinderella run. That feels like the only way it's ever going to happen. You know, I thought about it, but we've only seen more blue chip dominance with the playoff. And I think it's because it's like betting parlays. You have to win two games in a row or in this case, you're going to have to win three games in a row. If you're a Cinderella against teams that are probably a lot better than you talent-wise, and it just makes it more unlikely. I actually think the BCS, if you could ever get a team in, the chance that you win in a one-off, right? A Boise upsets in Oklahoma or something like that. It's much easier to get an opportunity to do so now, but I think it's harder to actually cash in on the opportunity. Bud, I could talk about this all day, but it's a 15 to 20-minute podcast, so we're going to let you go. We appreciate it. All right, Trev, be well. 
Good stuff from Bud. Go check out Blue Chip Ratio on 24-7 Sports. The Comet will be featured on the front page all day. Have a great Monday. Enjoy it. For our producer, Lance Glenn, I'm Trey Scott. We'll talk to you on Tuesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.